Welcome inside the bubble, Mike, Micah, and Mr. Miami himself, LQ, has joined us on the pod to talk about everything going on in the NBA playoffs. I mean, he picked the perfect time to join on. Your team is up 3-1, probably the hottest team in the bubble right now. You know, why not get your your uh, takes on uh, the NBA playoffs? So it's been another eventful week in the NBA bubble. Every week seems like something new uh, always starts up. I want to start first with the Lakers and the Rockets, the last game that we just watched. Series is now tied 1-1. The Lakers were able to build a big lead. Rockets came back to to uh, get their own lead of their own with a five-point lead in the third quarter, but they weren't able to close it out, and LeBron and AD had another spectacular game together as the Lakers now are tied 1-1. Mike, I want to start with you here with this series. Um, obviously, we already gave our predictions on who we had winning this series with the Lakers, but what exactly have you seen from this first two games, and has it gone exactly the way that you expected it to? So I wouldn't necessarily say – well, actually, yeah, it kind of has gone the way that – um. I guess I expected to because immediately the first thing that came to mind was in this series, you're facing polar opposites as far as teams go. Um, Lakers are a slow kind of moving team. I mean, they play fast when the ball is in bronze hands, but everything else is pretty much like a methodical pace. And they can score. They, they can score, but it's not one of those things where they're as explosive as the Rockets can be. Rockets, on the other hand, are all explosive scoring and, like, sometimes it's just not consistent. Um and you kind of see that already kind of playing out. So in game one, you saw, you know, James Harden and Russell Westbrook kind of control the pace and things like that, which is exactly what they have to do against the Lakers. And then game two was kind of the opposite, where you get a typical game where Russ, he's cold from the field, but he keeps trying because that's who he is. James Harden, he, he's going to do a regular James Harden thing. He's always good for 30, but there's not enough around them as a team and as a unit to kind of pick it up. Um, Eric Gordon. Going for 25, 24 points is great, and P.J. Tucker and Robert Covenant picking up the pieces is good. But at the end of the day, this team, and it's crazy to seem like, you know, it's crazy to say, but they're, they're going, only going as far as, as Russ goes. If Russ can put out a consistent performance where he's not turning the ball over and missing shots, then they have a great chance of winning. On the Lakers side of things, real quick, they did exactly what they had to do. They controlled the pace. They played good defense. Um, LeBron James and Anthony Davis kind of just took over the game, and that's good enough. They're two top five players. And when they can do that and literally anybody else, if you just get two other players or maybe three other players in double digits, then most likely you'll win the game. So um, I think the Lakers are going to keep this going forward. And I think they start to uh, take control of the series. Yeah. So LQ, you weren't on the last episode. So can can you just give a quick breakdown on what you think this series is going to turn out being and what you've seen so far in the first two games? Um, yeah, for the most part, I'll probably take, uh, the Lakers in six. Um, I know that James Harden is probably going to have one of those amazing games with the, you know, 40 or 50 points. So, uh, I'll give them one of those games and they've already taken game one. So, um, for right now, man, uh, in that first game, it kind of seems like the Lakers kind of fill other teams out to just, you know, try to make their adjustments in that second game and try to get a feel of the series in those first games. So I kind of just take it on that. Um, last night, they kind of just let Russell Westbrook do his Russell Westbrook thing. Um, Russ played really good prior to going down there to the bubble. Um, he was playing, I, I want to say, closer to that MVP season where he had his uh, triple-double and he set the record the first time. Uh, it's more of an efficient game where he didn't really shoot all those threes. Now that he's down there, he kind of switching it up and they're running a more up-tempo pace. Um I don't really know what it's going to take for them to beat the Lakers, but 
for them to at least be competitive in these games, he has to play more efficiently. Yeah. I agree with you there. Um, I mean, we've talked about it so many times where the Rockets style is just a style that it can win you a game, but it also can lose, lose you a game. In this, uh, in this series, or not even the series, in game two, we saw the best of that. The third quarter, the Rockets could not miss from, the thir- from three, and they cut a 20-point lead to a 20-point de- deficit to a five-point lead in a matter of minutes. And you're just like, dang, this looks so wonderful. Why doesn't every team do this? And then you go into the fourth quarter where now everybody's missing and they're not able to get their shots and it's not free-flowing and looks ugly. So if they're not able to have a consistent way of playing, there's no way that they're going to be able to win. So I think right now the Rockets are just in that weird spot where they're just going to try to outshoot, just shoot as many threes as possible, and let's see what we can do. I think they made 22 um, yesterday, and if they can get up to 25, 26, maybe they'll have a chance to win this series, but I just don't think they're going to be able to keep it consistent enough to be able to win. If Russ is playing the way they are, where on offense it's four on five, Mm -hmm. because Russ right now is getting the Ben Simmons treatment. Which is very, like, it's very disrespectful. Where you're, they're saying, "Okay, yeah, go ahead and shoot a three. And if you want to come and uh, pull up and then pull up from the elbow, yeah, we'll give you that too. You're not making your free throws. You're shooting forty percent from the line in the bubble. So they're saying, yeah, go ahead. You can do whatever you want on offense, but you're not going to drive on us. If Russ himself is not able to expand the floor, it becomes a four or five option, and you're leaving Russ open. That gives you more time to focus on James Harden. That gives you an extra guy if you need to run out." at P.J. Tucker or Robert Covington. So if Russ can be efficient and be effective, yeah, this series looks a little bit different. But we've seen that he has not been able to since he's come back from his injury. And, I mean, yeah, his MVP season, it was he was pretty efficient. But as a player overall, Russ has never really been a truly, like, efficient type of guy. So I'm going to be very interested to see what D'Antoni decides to do um, next game because – you can't play Russ if he's hurting you like this. Yeah, he, he helps defensively and he rebounds, but I'd rather, if I'm James Harden, have a spot-up shooter in the corner with a Daniel House or something like that who can make a shot and give me a one-on-one option versus having to be bracketed because everybody's not worried about Russ. On the other hand, with the Lakers, AD needs to stop shooting threes. Please. You're the tallest guy in, <laughs> on, uh, on the floor at all times. Go ahead, back down P.J. Tucker. Like, P.J. Tucker... He's a great defender, but you should have no problems with him. You true. should be able to back down, get in the lane, get your layups, get your two points, uh, get to the free throw line easily. The reason why they lost game one, he wanted to stand at the three-point line, shoot a fadeaway, uh, that hurt. elbow jumper. It's, it doesn't matter. It's not needed, and good enough for him, he was able to get into the, uh, get into the lane that second quarter, and they dominated. It, it, it's not that hard. So I still think I'm. I'll stick with. Uh, I think I think I'll stick with uh, Lakers in six because, like you said, LQ, there's going to be a James Harden game, but this should be just a uh, another tune-up series for the big uh, for the big one against the Clippers because I think that's going to end up uh, being the the West uh, the Western Conference Finals. I personally think the Nuggets can survive, but most people have the Clippers going ahead and moving on. So since we just talked about them, let's move on to that series. The Nuggets and the Clippers, another 1-1 series. The Clippers completely dominated game one. Nuggets dominated game two, really. Um, from the first quarter, they they kept uh, they built up a 22-point lead. Clippers would bring it down to about uh, 10 or 11. They would build it back up. Clippers would bring it down to eight. And we had that concept back and forth. Kawhi had his worst playoff game in years, it feels like. And the Nuggets showed that, hey, we can keep up with this team. 
A lot of people are calling it a fluke. LQ, do you think that this Nuggets win in game two is a fluke and it's going to be Clippers in five? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it a fluke. They could definitely win another game. Uh, it, it definitely comes down to the consistency on defense. Um, we, I heard you guys talk a lot about Michael Porter and his shortcomings on defense. Um, if Gary Harris can step up the way he did last night with the mm-hmm. one-on-one defense and as, as well as that help defense that he was bringing last night, I, I think they can definitely win another game. As far as them winning the series, I, I don't think I can see the Nuggets winning the series. What about um? What about you? So you you think the max they can do is win another game? What about force a game seven? Um, to force a game seven, I think Jamal Murray would definitely have to go into that like Super Saiyan Jamal mode, like he did last series when he was going up with uh Donovan Mitchell and they kept dropping the fifty pieces back. I don't think that he's gonna you know drop fifty a game on Kawhi like that. But if he can, you know get up to probably maybe 38 to 40 and have, you know, the supporting cast kind of uplift him and then they can ride off him in the fourth quarter, kind of similar to what they did in game two uh, down the stretch when he was, you know, ISO and Kawhi. If they can get it like that into a close game, I believe so. But they definitely got to come out aggressive early to kind of get that lead to build off of for the rest of the game. Michael, what have you seen from the first two games of this series? Yeah, and I guess kind of just building off the point that LQ made, I think the biggest thing for the Nuggets that they have to do, even if they want to get to a Game 7, you know, if they want to keep winning games in this series, honestly, I think they have to get their two best players involved. And as simple as it sounds, and as simple as, like, okay, these are your best two guys who want to, you know, give them the majority of the touches and this, that, and the third. You have to play to their strong shoots as best as possible. So Jokic, you know, let's take him for example. Him being 60%, you know, from the field, 26 points, and being a force, you know, 18 rebounds, things like that, that's his game. From there, what happens is, you know, he gets shooters open. That's been their narrative all year. The four assists is going to turn into five, six, seven assists if they start, you know, focusing on him more and getting him early touches. And with Jamal Murray, you know, uh, at least how he's playing in the bubble, he's kind of able just to get a bucket anywhere. So I think you have a formula to be able to win games against the Clippers, albeit the Clippers are, and excuse me, not even the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard is never probably going to go <laughs> four of seventeen. One for ten. Nah, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, for, one for ten in the. It was. It was wild. Yeah, it, he's never going to go that cold again. And I mean, yes, the man is a robot. Whatever was wrong with him that game, you know, last night, that's whatever it was. You shouldn't expect that from him. But I think there's something to be said about neutralizing them enough on offense. And picking one thing to attack on defense for the Nuggets. So if the Nuggets want to attack the interior game and from there you start to get shots going out, that's fine. If they want to attack their guard play, which is really hard. They have, I would say, three great perimeter just point guards themselves, not even mentioning guys like uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. If they want to attack that, they're going to have to go really hard on shooting at first and then attack inside with Jokic. I think they should focus on getting Jokic more touches inside and then start to force it out more. And if they keep doing that, and they might sneak, you know, they might sneak around and, and win two games in this series, two more games in this series. So, uh, I think it's a possibility, but I've still had to take the Clippers in either six or seven. Yeah, so I'm still, I'm still going to stick with the Nuggets. I still think the the Nuggets can give the Clippers a series. Obviously, like the logic states, just because of how well the Clippers are, how deep the Clippers are, that it probably will end up being the Clippers. But the biggest reason why I think game two was not a fluke and something that can be built on was the way that they guarded Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Kawhi is not going to shoot that bad. But they double-teamed Kawhi in that game where it no longer, it no longer was just um, 
oh, it's just going to be Gary. Uh, it's going to be Harris that guards him. They got multiple players, and each time Kawhi touched the ball, to either make him take a difficult shot or he has to pass it off. And it's similar. Uh, I said in our group chat, it was similar to the way that the Heat were doing it with Giannis, where the minute Giannis gets the ball and he's trying to back down and find his game, you give somebody else to come and disrupt him. If Kawhi, if the Nuggets can go ahead and keep that same intensity defensively, and of course Kawhi's still going to get his buckets, but you can neutralize other players on the court, they can make the series a lot closer. The Nuggets said it. I mean, uh, Murray said it in, in after the game, in his post-game interview, uh, after game two. He said, game one, I'm not going to lie to you. We were just tired. Emotionally, coming off of a game seven to then 48 hours later start a new series, it was not possible that they were going to be able to be ready. It just wasn't going to happen. And they came out game two, guns a-blazing, and ready to go. If you're able to have the situation where you have um, Harris, uh, Harris able to hit his threes, you have Grant able to play good defense, and maybe if he starts hitting, if you're able to bracket Kawhi and uh, try to stifle PG as much as possible, you give yourself an opportunity. You give yourself a shot. I think Michael Porter Jr. needs to, um, needs to shoot a little bit better. And I do want to give him props because as much as we killed him for his defense in the first uh, two games of the playoffs, he has gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. And even though his defense may not be the best, he's going up and making sure that every rebound that's around him, he's grabbing it. I think he had, what, maybe six or seven rebounds his last game or so. So he's been, he's been working the glass and been trying to help as much defensively. He's not falling for the pump fakes uh, like he did in the first two games against the Jazz. So the Nuggets have a chance to maybe make a name for themselves in this series. The Clippers are a tough team, and it is a good a good uh, challenge for a young team like the Nuggets who, I mean, we assume they're going to be back in the similar situation next year just how based off of how much talent they have. But if they're able to go ahead and win Game 7, they're going to have to keep it up with the double team of Kawhi. And if we see that early on in – in uh, game three, then they obviously saw something that they like with that uh, bracket on Kawhi. Kawhi, like we said, is a superstar and knows how to and knows how to break it. And if if he's going to be able to score his thirty points a game, it's still going to end up being tough uh, to beat the Clippers. But moving on from the East, uh, from the West, let's go to the East with the Celtics and the Raptors. Celtics were up three zero. I. I, I brought out the brooms. I, I sent it in a group chat. I brought out the brooms. I was like, oh, this is over. Kemba makes a nice crossover, uh, dumps it off to Dice. Dice dunks it in. One second left. Uh, Taco Falls coming out. The Raptors are done. The series, season is over. They're back to the dinosaur, uh, to the um, Barney Raptors because Kawhi isn't there. And then OG hits a three. And game four just seems like the Raptors were just more hungry. Mm-hmm. The Celtics didn't look like they were ready to play. The Celtics still looked distraught from game three. And now we have a brand new series. Um, I, I forgot what you said, Micah, whether it was Celtics in six or seven. But at this point, are you worried for the Celtics with the way that they play the last, well, not even the last two games, just game four. And unfortunately, they got unlucky in game three. So I might have said Celtics in six, and I think that I kind of thought that the Raptors would somehow find a way to steal two games. And it looks like they stole the two games because I honestly have the Celtics getting it, you know, getting back on track and winning these next two games and just closing this out in six. Um, you're absolutely right, bro. This it should have been this should have been a sweep. It was <laughs> it's one play, but you you see how how crazy momentum is and. Honestly, I mean, this one play turned into two wins for the Raptors, so it's good for them, you know, to, to put that on wax and whatever. But at the end of the day, 
I don't see I don't see a way that they could feasibly beat a Celtics team that's on, you know, that's playing at the best of their abilities. I don't know if that happens. Um, There was a complete lack of scoring last game. I saw Jason Tatum for the Celtics. Kemba Walker didn't live up to his 18 points per game plus. Jalen Brown didn't touch his 20. Um, guys like Marcus Smart, who've been contributing double digits, didn't touch double digits. Um, I don't think that's something that's going to stand with the Celtics. Um, they score great. And if there's anything that the Celtics are going to do, they won't score. So I think that's – we're going to start getting back to that trend of them, you know, scoring and things like that. And I will have the Celtics closing us in six. Um, as far as the Raptors, I mean, they're a pretty balanced team, and there's nothing too explosive about them. Except for the fact that it is so clean. They play such a clean brand of basketball that if you catch a team on the off night, they might win. But uh, Celtics in six, and I, I feel kind of pretty comfortable saying that. Um, LQ, I want to go to you real quick, but um, uh, I have a quick question, and then I, I, I have a quick question, and then you can give your uh, analysis on the series. Siakam has been terrible in this series, and he hasn't really been great in the playoffs as a whole. Do you think that we kind of jumped this ship just like the way media talked about him, like, oh, this guy's an all-star, this guy's a guy you build around? After we've seen him the past two series and we're just like, Ugh, this isn't this isn't too pretty. And then also, can you give your thoughts on what you've seen so far in the, in the Celtics-Raptors and if the Celtics should be pretty scared? Um, personally with Pascal, I'm not going to be too hard on him, man. Um, he's still a developing player. Um, a lot of people kind of say that he peaked too early and things like that, but you guys got to remember that, uh, it, it takes time, man. And I trust Nick Nurse and the way that they develop players if they're in Toronto. So I definitely think that the most important thing in a developing superstar is experience. So the fact that he's having these hard times now, maybe in the next round, if they can make it there or next year when they make it back, these games here, he'll remember those. And those will be, you know, big for his development. So soon he'll be all right. Right now it's looking a little tough. I guess. Well, let me just. Let me just. I mean, the one thing about uh, Pascal though is like, maybe it just hasn't happened yet. But his shot, it's like, uh, he's not a threat from three as much as I thought he was, or maybe seemed to be in that scheme last year with Kawhi. And even in parts of this year, I thought he was a little more. I didn't think he was as streaky as a shooter was. Like I thought he had more consistency to his game. But really, outside of like just a set jump shot, he just bowls to the rim and he doesn't have any moves yet. So I think that's coming. It's good that he's such a sound player as far as IQ and stuff like that now. But uh, he has a lot to work on as far as skill. I mean, yeah, I think there's more skill bigs in the East uh, around his age, like uh, maybe like Laurie Markinen and those kind of guys. I would probably pick over Sayakum, but I think he still has time. Yeah, I don't know. With with Pascal, I just feel like with what, with what the Raptors did last year, he kind of got a bump from that. If the Raptors never made it past the Sixers. I don't think we really hear about like Siakam. We're just like, oh yeah, just another young guy that's just getting better and better. Um, maybe in two or three years he can take that next step. But because he had a pretty good um, Easter Conference Finals and then uh, Finals, we got to a point where we're like, oh yeah, an All Star, a guy that can you could definitely build around a guy that. And I think we're just like, whoa, let's hold the brakes just a little bit. Where he's still gonna need some time to develop as a as a player. He's still gonna need some time to figure out what works for him and what doesn't because. As much as, like, and we'll get to it with the Bucks and Giannis, as much as the regular season, like, tells you what a player is, the playoffs are a completely different game. Basketball is completely different in the playoffs. It's a much slower, 
refs don't call uh refs don't call as much as many fouls. Um, you're playing out of the half court half court set a lot more, and players need to be able to develop their style in this system. And I think we just kind of jumped the gun with Siakam, where we're like, oh yeah, he's definitely uh, a top fifteen twenty type of player. Like, let's give him a couple of years. Let, let's let him figure it out. And Kyle Lowry has done his thing in uh, helping him out while. He's struggling. Kyle Lowry and Van Vliet, who's going to get paid this year? And I- I'm just saying now, Van Vliet is going to the Knicks. Yeah. The Knicks are going to throw as much money as they possibly can to Fred. <laughs> Bro, come on. No wish that on my man, Fred. He's going to go there, uh, score 23 points a game, and then they're going to they're gonna win 20 games a season. It's just how it's going to go. But, Elkie, what do you think about this uh, this Celtics Raptors series? Um, I'm glad I wasn't on here for the earlier portion of the series because I have the – I actually have the Raptors in six. So, it would have probably been looking very ugly for me early on here. <laughs> um, right now, as you guys can kind of see that the series has turned around, um, just think about last year, man, when those guys played the uh, 76ers. They, it, all it takes is one game, bro. Uh-huh. It took one game for them to get hot, and they haven't looked back. So, I mean, I feel like they can do that same thing. Personally, to me, this series comes down to depth. And if I'm going to look at Boston versus Toronto in terms of depth, I'm going with Toronto 10 times out of 10. I'm more comfortable with Fred Van Fleet over Brad Wanamaker. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, Greg Williams. I mean, the, the Williams guys, they've been making plays. Uh on the boards, I don't really believe in Daniel Dice that much. So, um, I would probably say tonight, the winner of tonight's game will probably take the series, in my opinion. Um, yeah, fair. I, I, I really think it comes down to tonight's game. Um, with it being, <laughs> it's the best of three now. So, that the winner of the first game should definitely tell us a lot. So, I'm going with Toronto tonight, and I'm going with Toronto the rest of the series. Toronto in six. I've been saying it for, I don't know, what, I don't know how many years, what, Tatum is in his third or fourth year now. I've been saying it since after his rookie season that Jason Tatum is a superstar. Superstar Jason Tatum. I mean, it's as simple as that. And if you're a superstar in a game five when it's 2-2, you got to show up. This is is the type of game that makes your name where you're like, look, it doesn't matter if some of you are nervous or some of you aren't hitting your shots. I'll take over and I'll make sure that we're coming out with the win. It should be 3-0 right now. Um, and Well, I think personally the series should be over, but it should have been 3-0. It wasn't 3-0. Okay, you got to get over it. Game four, it still looked like it was lingering from game three where it was like, dang, we really should have had that game. This is a game where you say, hey, forget all of that. It's a new series now, and we got to try our best to win uh, game five. Jason Tatum has to show up. Kemba has to show up. Jalen Brown, who had a terrible shooting, yep. a terrible shooting game, uh, game four, has to be able to show up. Um, I personally, I don't, I don't know why they still start dice. I'm, I'm a Robert Williams guy. I think he's, he's really good uh, on the glass. He's able, he's able to play his role perfectly. A young uh, DeAndre Jordan, just above the rim, uh, able to get his rebounds, able to get his alley oops, and works out worth, well for them. So if I'm the Celtics, I, I play dice as little as possible. Get Robert Williams in there. Try to strap um, Van Vliet and Lowry and see what happens. But I thought it was Celtics. I said I think Celtics in six to start. I'll stick with that. But if you don't come out, if you don't come out series uh, game five, the Raptors will steal the game and take game six from you because they are over that hump. At least Lowry is is over that hump of I can't perform in the playoffs because game seven of the NBA fine, uh, not game seven, game six uh, to close out the Golden State Warriors. 
Kyle Lowry came out he and ball, he ball. was the one ball, that started ball. in that first quarter to give the Raptors a lead and they they didn't look back from there. So if Lowry at this point just has that confidence that look, I've been to the top uh, top of the mountain, I, I've gone to the most uh, pressure filled place and I've been able to perform. What the hell is a game five in the second round going to do to me? So I, if if you're the Celtics, you have to be ready to um to completely show out in game five because I know the Raptors will. Moving on from Celtics-Raptors, the series that everybody's been talking about, <laughs> the Miami Heat and the Bucks. I'll let you start here, LQ, but we thought it was going to be a sweep. Um, game three was, was uh, back and forth, but Jimmy Butler took over in the fourth quarter again. Uh, Giannis injured his ankle and then injured his ankle again in game four. At that point, we all thought, okay, Giannis is done after the first quarter in game, game four. This should be an easy sweep for the Miami Heat. They lose in overtime. I know you're not worried that you're going to lose the series or anything, but did that loss give you any type of pause, any type of concern? Not for this series, but maybe how exactly you guys are going to look in another series or going forward. Um, actually, bro, I'm, I'm just glad we got this out of the way right now, man. The momentum that we were riding <laughs> for the last month and a half, ever since we got to the bubble, um, we didn't go undefeated in seeding play, but those games, we were definitely within a possession or two in every single one of those games. The defense that we've been playing has been amazing. So I, to, yesterday's game is, is, it's over. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Of course, when Giannis went down, everybody kind of guarantees you that win. But yep. when you go to that huddle, after he goes back in that locker room, it's next man up. So, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Somebody had to step up. And my biggest thing in this series is it's not going to be Giannis. It, it's going to be somebody else. You're going to – as the Heat, we're going to make somebody else beat us. It's not going to be Giannis. So, yesterday, that guy was Chris Middleton. And it's going to have to continue to be Chris Middleton. But am I tripping about yesterday's game? Absolutely not. It was some very, very questionable foul calls late in the game that you know what I'm saying that we don't have to talk about. But I mean, hey, I'll I'll say I'll say it then. The two minute report came out and it said that Jimmy Butler there should have been a foul called on George Hill. Uh, I think it was an offensive foul, whatever it was, in with 24 seconds left when the Heat were up up one. There should have been a foul called, no foul call, and then on the other end you get uh, Dante uh, gets a foul called on him, and that changes the game. That's the game right there. Yeah, I just want to uh, shout out Tyler Hero for those huge threes at the end of the last fourth quarter and in overtime. Uh, he's stepping up, making big plays, man. He scored double digits in every single playoff game, man. The Rook stepped up. So who who would you rather see, Celtics or Raptors? Um, personally, man, I think I would rather see Boston, man. I, I like the I like the matchup with Boston. Uh, it's gonna have to be somebody other than Jason Tatum. Um. It's, I don't think it's going to be Gordon Hayward. It can be Jalen Brown a game or two. I don't think Jalen Brown has six or seven games of 25-plus in him. So I, I really like our chances because with Toronto, any any given night somebody could have 20 to 30. Van Fleet can have a 30 night. Uh, Mark Gasol could, you know what I'm saying, go back in the time machine. He could have a great game. Sayakin could be that superstar for one game. You know, it's it's so much unpredictable elements with the Raptors. I'm more comfortable game planning and going up against the Celtics. So with so then if if you're talking about more comfortable with the Celtics, with the way that you guys have played right now currently against the Bucks, what do you think is the biggest piece or biggest thing that is have you seen like in the first two rounds that is missing that may stop you guys from winning an NBA championship? Uh, it's just a consistency on offense, man. Uh, some games it'll be 
Duncan Robinson, who have an amazing game from three points. Some games it'll be Goran Dragic with, you know, driving and kicking it back out. You know, we had a great game from Bam Adebayo yesterday. We had the 40-piece from Jimmy. It's like we just need to find an identity and figure out who we are offensively. Defense is going to be there, but it's just finding that offensive identity. And late in games, we need to figure out if Jimmy is really going to be that closer or if Jimmy's going to defer and try to get everybody else involved and try to facilitate the offense. We just got to kind of figure out those things. But for the most part, I, I feel good, man. It's, you know what I'm saying? We, we lost one game. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. Like, he swept the Pacers after it was the uh, TJ Warren versus Jimmy Butler stuff. And, I mean, almost every – I feel like almost everybody in the media picked you guys to beat uh, the Bucks. I know Stephen A. picked, picked uh, you guys to beat the Bucks, and a couple of under other, like, uh, big-time NBA personalities picked you guys. So, hey, riding high. And look, you needed a game to humble you. That that was the game where it's like we can't take any opponent lightly. We can't take any, any situation uh, for granted. And that definitely happened in the last game. Michael, what did you think of – uh, what did you think of the last two games of Bucks uh, Heat? I know the last time we were on the pod, uh, Miami was up 2-0, and I said that it was going to be Miami in five. The Bucks just weren't interested; they weren't motivated at all, and they weren't really <laughs> weren't really interested in winning uh, winning the game. So, what did you think of the last two? Um, obviously, and I mean, this is just the elephant in the room. Giannis being hurt is the biggest factor to the series. Um. It, with him healthy, I think you have. You know, I think the series, you know, had a chance to go to seven, even with the, even with this, or maybe six. Um, without him, it's a little bit interesting how the Bucks kind of operate. Um, obviously, more people get more shots, and that gives you an opportunity for Chris Middleton to put up twenty-eight shots and get thirty-six points. Um, is that going to hold up? Like LQ said, no, probably not. He, in my opinion, is the only guy that's liable to go over 20 points, and, and it's not considered a fluke. Brooke Lopez. <laughs> I was say, you can get, I can put Brooke out there. You can get yeah, Brooke you can put Brooke yeah. Lopez on a, on a great night, and that's with him getting his three-point involved and things like that. Um, but anybody else on that team, they just not, you know, have the offensive game for it. And I kind of just think that the Heat, and, you know, I'm not trying to just be your homer here or nothing like that, but I think they have the track to go to the finals at this point. Um. Now, I guess the biggest thing for the Heat is that you just can't be cold when it's time to be hot, you know? Like, they have – I mean, Goran Dragic going one for nine doesn't necessarily help you. Um, it's not like they were playing a bad game, and it's not like they lost by playing a, a bad game that went into overtime. And in my opinion, I mean, some calls here and there, they probably should have swept them. Like like you said, it's one game. Um, I don't. I'm not necessarily worried. I think they finish this in, uh, you know, finish this in the the next game, and really, it's kind of just like, well, let's move on to the next thing. For the Heat, I guess the biggest thing for them is just not to forget who they are. Like, just stay to your identity. Don't try to do too much and try to close up the series. Have you seen? I mean, we've never seen a team come back from three zero, but we seen. Oh, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. Let's not even throw that a possibility out there. <laughs> All right, scratch that. Let's take that off the universe. Uh, I've never seen – I would be surprised if the Bucks did it. I don't think they are. <laughs> let's just let's just say that. Wow. As far as our Hey, man. It's the bubble, If bro. the Bucks come back from 3-0, LQ, you have to see Micah. I'm going – I'm moving to Cuba. I'll be moving to Cuba. Hey, bro, I'm just saying, bro. I just don't see it happening, you feel me? But if it happens, you can blame this all on me, bro. Uh, um, 
So last last uh, pod, I, I was tough on the Bucks. I was tough on Budenholzer for not playing, uh, not playing Giannis and Middleton the right amount of minutes, not not adjusting his scheme or anything. And I still don't think he really did uh, much in the last game. Well, there's one thing I do appreciate about Giannis is that he's he's going to keep trying. He's going to keep playing hard. He's not somebody that even though he was down 3-0, he was just going to get stomped on and uh, and go away quietly. I mean, he had a bum ankle, obviously, and scored 19 points in the first quarter well, and kept his team. Minutes. He was he he was what eight eight was, for ten. It was like Katie from the finals, bro. When mm-hmm. he came yeah. out, that's exactly what it was, bro. Like that same type of energy and tempo, only for him to go out, bro. Same thing. He was 8 for 10 from the field, and the rest of the Bucks were 1 for 10. So it was like, oh, okay. Giannis 100% is always going to, like, always going to go out no matter what the situation is, going to try his hardest. Even though he's been having a tough – um, he's been having a tough series and having such a tough time where they needed somebody else to be able to be that guy and beat him, but they weren't able to get that from anybody else. Is this game good for Middleton? I, I think it was huge. I think it, it showed that, look, you can be that guy. Yeah, Giannis is going to be able to, uh, whenever he's in the game, they're going to try to stop him, and you can be that guy that can take over. Hopefully that works out for Middleton as they go into next season and uh, beyond where he get, gains more confidence. But like you said, this series was over from game three. There's nothing, there's nothing more that you can, you can say about it. Like, yeah, you win one game, that's cool. It's a gentleman's sweep at this point. But you guys didn't – you guys had your opportunities and you folded. Um I do think if the Bucks really want to keep Giannis, you got to trade for somebody else this this offseason. Just like how the Miami Heat have Drake, Jake, which at this point, we were talking about the Iggy trade, the Iggy trade. Ooh. It's now the Jay Crowder trade. Yeah. Jay Crowder was was that piece that took him from, oh, okay, we're, we're a decent team to, oh, now we're at a place where you're like, oh, this guy can hit a three whenever you need it. He's just feeling himself. Oh, he can stop Giannis too, and it's like Jay's almost a young Iggy, and it worked out perfectly for them. So the Miami Heat are hitting on all cylinders. I I think I kind of disagree with you, LQ, and maybe you know the Heat team a little bit more and know um what's what's to come in another series. But I think the best part about the Heat offensively is that you don't know who's going to be that guy. You can get multiple guys to go off on any given night. Yeah, maybe that sucks when you do need a closer and Jimmy Butler isn't having his best night. So trying to find who that guy is. But we saw, we've seen Bam, we've seen Goran, we've seen Jimmy uh, in this series alone. We've seen Jay Crowder in this series alone where each guy was able to, out at their own time, completely dominate. And I think that helps the Heat out when you're trying to, when you're trying to game plan for a team. The Heat knew exactly how to game plan for the Bucks. It, it, was, it was no question there. It was, oh, 34. stop Giannis, you stop the Bucks. <laughs> 34. And, 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 and that's it. And I think that's the reason why Giannis is going to eventually um, leave. Rumblings are starting to come out on whether Abs. he's going to sign his, his extension or not, whether he wants to stay in Milwaukee or find another team where, hey, you got a Luka. Luka and Giannis can, can ruin a, a lot. Like, I, don't, I don't really want Giannis right now at this present moment to go out west because I want Braun to win this year and I want Braun to win next year. So I'll go, I, I'm Mike. Gonna be, so I, I just want to – I just want to be completely honest. I want Braun to win the next two. And if Giannis is with Golden State. I know where the weather is nice, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really want Giannis in, in, uh, in Miami? 
Uh, defensively, I, I, I think we will be a huge problem for the whole league. Offensively, I think the spacing will kind of get clogged up a little bit, but I'm definitely all for the prospect of another in top five player on our team for sure. What what would you be willing to give up? Ah, man, that question right there is a very difficult question. Um, I need Bam, bro. Yeah, I mean, I, I would probably say anything but Bam and Gene. Honestly, so um, I, you, I'm not thinking give... like a huge package, of course, but um, I know Pat Riley so, is one that could. So they they say Tyler Duncan Nunn. Oh, you. And Tyler I'll, Duncan, none. No. And a first. You doing it? No. I I need something. I need something back. I need something to come with Giannis. George Hill? I'm not taking that. No, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, 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 Brooke Lopez? Uh, no. Because at the – DiVincenzo, maybe. Can, DiVincenzo. Yeah. Yeah, 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 maybe get a Dante, yeah. yeah can, maybe get I, a, I a poor that. man's Tyler. I can do that. A poor yeah. man's hero. I can do that. Yeah, I, I, I think it's personally, gonna... bro. I just think that we scout so good, and we find these guys that we can find another one. That's just how I feel. That may not be the truth, but that's just how I feel. I mean, uh, it, it kind of looks like that. You guys have proven it over and over again that it. I mean, you don't need a top five pick to find a to find a top player, or not even a top player. We but don't. We don't have any top ten picks on our roster right now at all. Yeah, so it just goes to show how good uh, Pat Riley. How many more? Actually, how many more years do you think Pat has? Uh, I honestly think Pat can stay in that chair until he's not able to sit in chairs anymore. <laughs> so you think you think so? Uh, what? Let's say a minimum. Like you think he can go another five years? Um, his twenty fifth anniversary was last week, actually. So I definitely think he can go thirty. Oh wow! Damn. I don't know. This Miami Heat team. They they we're they having fun, me. bro. We're having fun, bro. They, I think they, he's at least gonna go until Bam retires. At least. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean they. They have shocked the entire NBA uh, universe. I mean, the way that they've played over the past over the past what month and a half, yeah. two months in the bubble has has been spe- spectacular. And there was a point there where Jimmy was out, uh, was Goran out too, and you guys were still winning games. And then that's when you were like, "Oh, this is going to get real, real scary." Because when the Bucks and the Heat played um, in the seeding games. It was without Jimmy and Goran, and they we were, were killing. Yeah, we were up twenty three points. Before killing the Bucks until yeah. until Middleton like just went crazy in the second half and and was able to win. And you, at that point, you were like, "Oh, this this can be a little preview of what's coming." So far, it's it's been that case um, for for the Heat. So we're gonna wrap up the pod here. The next pod that we have probably in, a, in another couple of days. A couple of series should have been uh, wrapped up by then with. I believe both that Celtics Raptors series being over, Heat definitely over, and uh, the Lakers should be starting get starting to get ready to uh, face either the Clippers or the Nuggets, most likely the Clippers. Um, but for Mike, for Micah, and for LQ, we'll see you on the next time inside the bubble.